Hey, I'm Erica Wides, and welcome to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. Yes, food, as opposed to foodiness. Foodiness is all the manufactured, processed, packaged junk that we all eat way too much of that's not really food. So let me show you how to cook some real food. We're gonna go into the kitchen. We're gonna make some amazing stuff. Let's go. Okay, so today what I want to do is make this cake. Now, I know that, you know, you're thinking, Erica, you're always talking about real food and eating well and being healthy and you work out and you're a maniac, and I get it. But can't you just eat a piece of cake once in a while? I used to work for someone in a hotel and she got mad at the pastry chef one day and she pounded her fist on the table and she said, all I want is a goddamn piece of cake. So we're doing this for you today, Jane. This cake is for you. So this is a really awesome cake. It's an olive oil rosemary lemon cake and it's so good and it uses olive oil instead of butter which adds a really cool flavor. It's actually a really nice way to make a cake. I have nothing against butter. Believe me, I am the evangelist of butter but olive oil cakes are awesome too. So it's really easy to make and what's also super about it is you don't need a mixer. So you don't actually need like a KitchenAid or you don't need a hand mixer or anything like that. You just do the whole thing with a whisk and a fork, so it's cool. So like if the apocalypse comes and there's no electricity, you can still make this cake, which is great. Although I guess you're gonna have to bake it like in a stone oven or something like that, but it'll be okay. All right, so what we're gonna do is take some flour, two cups, all-purpose flour, right in there, right in the bowl. And we're gonna add to that a little bit of baking powder and a little bit of salt, half teaspoon of baking powder, half teaspoon of salt, and then we're going to put in some zest. So zest, as I'm sure you know, or maybe not, that's what I'm here for. Zest is the brightly colored outer layer of citrus fruit. It's where all the perfumey citrus oils are. It smells really nice. And so this is the zest of one lemon, and this will be the zest of the other lemon. So you want to use something like this, like a, a micro grater. You want it to be like really finely grated, and all you do is take off that brightly colored outer layer of the citrus because if you go any further beyond that into the white, that white is bitter. Okay, so like I said, you wanna just get the yellow outer coating of your citrus fruit. You don't want the pith. The pith is bitter. And also, if you say pith, it sounds like you have a lisp, but it is pith, P-I-T-H. That's what I'm really saying. Okay, so get that zest off of there and we're good. And don't throw this out, use it, it's full of juice. Okay, remember I'm super thrifty also in the kitchen. Thrifty is what we call a euphemism for cheap. But I'm very thrifty, because chefs are thrifty. All right, so we got all that. So you whisk together the flour, baking powder, salt, and the zest, just like that. Because you want to make sure the zest is really well distributed in there. You don't want to bite into like a little pocket of zest. It can be a little intense. So just. Get that really well combined. Okay, so we whisk that together. Now, in a separate smaller bowl, we have four eggs, cracked eggs. This is uh, lemon juice, okay? And it's a lot of lemon juice in this. It's like a quarter cup of lemon juice. 
And for God's sake, use juice that comes actually from a lemon, as opposed to what? Juice that comes from like a bottle. Okay, real lemon juice. Okay, so lemon juice goes in there with the four eggs, and then here comes all the olive oil. Now make sure you're using a good, fruity, high-quality olive oil. Don't cheap out, okay? Get the good stuff. In goes the olive oil. We're gonna whisk that in there too with a fork. And we want this to get kind of frothy, frothy. So get that frothy. And see, this is why you don't need a mixer. You can just use a fork. Okay, so we're whisking that together and then I'm, add, I'm adding my sugar also. It's a cup of sugar. Cup of sugar, add that. And you really wanna keep going and get some froth action. Now, if you have a mixer, you wanna do it with a machine, be my guest, it's your electric bill, you know. But we were designed with two arms and two hands and um, you know, you don't get these kind of biceps by using machines, right? So consider it all part of your workout. I like to say that cooking, you know, it's like, um, it's like going to Pilates, but then you get to eat cake afterwards. So it's kind of cool that way. All right, so we're gonna get that all well combined. And make sure you really break up those eggs. You know those kind of like runny, snotty bits of eggs? You don't want that in there. So whisk that up really well, okay? And then it's just like one into two. We're just gonna combine. So we're gonna take the wets into the dries. And when you bake, that's what you always, always do, is wet into dry. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And then you wanna mix just to combine this. Be really careful not to over mix. When you over mix, you develop what? Gluten, the evil gluten. The not evil gluten. Gluten's great. We want it when we make bread and bagels and pizza crusts. We don't want it when we're making cakes. We want our cakes to be tender and moist. We don't want them chewy and crusty like a bagel. So you mix just until that all comes together. Okay, so it's just combined. It looks really nice. It's nice and smooth. Be really careful when you make this kind of stuff. You don't want a chewy cake. If I want chewy, I'll eat a bagel. If I want tender, I eat a cake. So be really careful about that. Don't over mix. All right, but that's really nice. It's combined, it's smooth. Set that aside. And now we'll take an oiled eight inch cake pan, oiled with olive oil. Please don't use that spray stuff. Why would you spray chemicals into a pan and then eat them? I don't understand that. We're gonna just use some olive oil in the pan. And I'm gonna transfer the batter now to the pan using spatula. Okay, so I'm gonna scrape the batter down into my oiled pan. And be pretty generous with the oil on the pan. You really don't want this cake to stick. Okay, so the batter's in the pan and just kind of give it a little shake. You want things nice and even. You also always want to make sure you don't have any air bubbles when you make a cake, so you give it one, whoa, and you get olive oil all over yourself. That's nice. Oh, that's great. Okay, so you give that a little tap, and then we want to garnish this. Remember I said it's a rosemary lemon olive oil cake? So this is some fresh rosemary right out of my garden, grown, not really my garden. It's a flower pot on my windowsill in Brooklyn, but look what you can grow. So rosemary on top but not too much because too much rosemary, it winds up tasting like soap. It's, it's like wearing perfume, you know? You want like just enough to be mysterious, but not so much that people start choking or asphyxiate. Same idea. So a little bit of rosemary, and then we're gonna put some fancy pants flaky salt. So you wanna use some kind of nice flaky sea salt, Malden salt, something like that. This like crazy fancy, what is this? Indian Murray Sun Flake Salt. 
somebody gave me this as a gift, and that's what I'm gonna use. And just a little bit of salt on there. Remember, this is dessert, but a little bit of salt really balances out the flavors of the olive oil and the rosemary, and especially the lemon. Okay, so that's beautiful, just a light dusting of salt, and then that's ready to go in the oven. It's gonna take 45 minutes to an hour to bake. It's a fairly dense cake because it has all that olive oil in it. So we're gonna put it in the oven, and you wanna bake it until it springs back, and also till when you stick a toothpick in, it comes out clean, okay? Then we're gonna serve it with some macerated fruit. Now, what does macerate mean? I know it sounds like something else, but it just means fruit that you've soaked in a little bit of sugar and alcohol. And if you don't wanna use alcohol, just a little bit of sugar. So what I have are some nectarines, they're in the fridge that I cut up, and they were tossed a little bit of sugar and a little bit of brandy. You could use bourbon, anything like that, really nice. So they're in the fridge, chilling out, and we're gonna bake this, and then we'll come back and we'll see what it looks like. So this is a really great Vietnamese salad with grilled chicken on top. Now you think, eh, everybody does a grilled chicken salad. What's the big deal? Well, this is amazing because of the marinade. So the chicken is actually gonna get marinated in a mixture of caramel, yes, caramel, like caramelized sugar, and fish sauce and soy sauce. And fish sauce, if you don't know it, it's that kind of smelly, pungent Southeast Asian condiment that is indispensable to Thai food, Vietnamese food, Cambodian food. Everybody there uses it and loves it. Don't be turned off by it if you've never tried it. It's amazing. So the first thing we have to do to make this salad is we actually have to make the caramel. So what I'm gonna do is put some sugar into a little pot and put it right on the burner. And I'm gonna let the sugar start to melt. Once it melts and liquefies, it's gonna turn brown. And it happens pretty quickly, so you don't wanna go anywhere while this is happening. Don't text, don't go check your Facebook page, like just hang out and relax. Pretend that it's a pre-digital era and just wait. So the sugar's melted and it's caramelized. You see this little bit of smoke coming off the top? That's how you know, where there's smoke, there's caramel. So that's looking great, and that's exactly the color that we want on this caramel. So you see that color? That's what we call dark or deep amber, and that little bit of smoke, that's your clue. So I'm now gonna pour in, and it's gonna make some pretty serious steamy bubbles. This is fish sauce, and we're gonna add that in, and a little bit of soy sauce. I'm gonna fog up your lens, but a little bit of soy sauce. And then we just stir to get that to dissolve. And that is a caramel marinade. And then you can just keep it back on the burner for a minute if you need to get that sugar to dissolve. Because you see how the sugar kind of hardened up a little bit from adding the liquid? But that'll melt right back out in just a second. So I'm gonna turn that off. And if you still have a little bit of undissolved sugar in there, that's okay. I'm just gonna add a drop of water to it. And the water actually helps to dissolve stuff out. So I'll just stir that up. And now this is our marinade, but this is going on raw chicken, and this is really, really hot. So if I pour this on my raw chicken, then I'm gonna partially cook my chicken, and that's not so great. So you always wanna let this cool down for a few minutes before you put it on anything raw. It doesn't have to be cold, just bring it down to room temp five minutes. You could even throw it in the fridge or put it over an ice bath for a couple minutes. So here's my chicken, these are boneless, skinless chicken thighs. And I am a huge fan of chicken thighs. I don't see any point in eating chicken breast. It's bland, it's dry, it's too lean. Let's just like ban the breast from now on and keep thighs only. Thighs are the best part of the chicken. Now my marinade has cooled down enough that it's safe to pour it on. And I'm just gonna pour it over my chicken. And I just wanna get it in there and get my chickens really well coated. 
So this marinade is great on chicken, but it's also really good on fish. It's great on pork. You could use it like on a flank steak and then grill it. It's so good because that caramelized sugar gives you this really intense flavor. It's, it's just an amazing thing. And it might seem a little bit weird to put caramel in your food, but it actually is kind of an incredible thing. And it's a legacy of the French when they colonized Vietnam. So at least something good came out of colonialism that way. Um, the coffee in Vietnam is great, and that's why, because of the French also. So we're gonna just let this hang out and marinate. Room temp for about 30 minutes, or any longer than that, I'd put it in the fridge. I'd go four to six hours in the fridge, or you could even leave it overnight. You just don't wanna go too long, because it will get a little bit salty. So remember, you have fish sauce and soy sauce in there. So I'm gonna just set this aside and get my grill pan ready. Hi, I'm Chef Joseph Manero with Taste This TV. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about Cat's gluten-free products. Now, Cat's gluten-free is not only gluten-free, but it's nut-free, dairy-free, and soy-free as well. So when you're looking for a healthy, alternative, gluten-free snack, Cat's has got you covered. From their powdered donuts all the way to their cherry pie, chocolate muffin, choose Cat's whenever you're choosing the dairy-free and gluten-free. That's enough for Taste This TV. For more information, log on to the website at the bottom of the screen and check out Cats. So I've got a grill pan on the stove. Now you could certainly do this outside. I mean, if you have a grill outside, do it. I live in a tiny apartment in Brooklyn, so I can't really do that. But a grill pan on the stove is great. Just make sure you have some ventilation up above or you will have some smoke issues. I'm gonna just grab the chicken and drain off a little bit of the marinade and go right on. Now, one thing you wanna keep in mind here is that you can also just do what I call cosmetic grilling, which means that you can just get grill marks on it here, and then you can finish it in the oven. That way you minimize the amount of smoke in your house. So what I'm looking for are nice, deep grill marks because I want the sugar that's on there to actually caramelize a second time. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh my God, look at that. It doesn't get better than that when you're grilling. Those are beautiful grill marks. And you see how the sugar is caramelizing a second time right on the surface? That's really what we're looking for because that almost burnt sugar flavor is what really differentiates Vietnamese cooking from other Southeast Asian cooking, is that presence of the caramel and fish sauce together. It's such a unique combination. It's so delicious and so unusual, but it just it adds just this ton of flavor, like this big bomb of flavor to your food. So why not do it that way? Why would you want to eat bland food anyway, right? Life's too short. You gotta eat good stuff while you can. So we're gonna do the same thing. Get those kinds of grill marks on the second side, really nice and dark. And like I said, you can do this in the oven too. So just cosmetically grill and then throw it in the oven. Because these are thighs, the meat is a little bit darker and a little bit richer. It takes a little bit longer to cook, but it's about three or four minutes per side with a chicken thigh. And if I catch anybody out there eating chicken breast after this, it's, it's over, we're through. I'm just gonna rotate these a little bit. I'm just gonna flip these over once more because you actually wanna be careful that you don't burn the surface. And I'm also looking for cross-hatching. Those diamond cross-hatch marks are called quadrillage. So if you're like a fancy French chef, you're looking for quadrillage. You want diamonds, not squares. And I think they're done. Those look amazing. 
Look at that beautiful quadrillage right there. When I used to teach in a culinary school, I would give myself an A if I were my student. Let's see. There we go. This is the only one that gets an A. These guys get a B. All right, I'm gonna pull these off the grill and put them on my cutting board. I wanna let the chicken rest for a couple minutes. It's so important when you cook a protein, you have to let it rest after you cook it. Don't cut right into it because all your juices, all the moisture just flows right out. If you let it rest, the juices have time to kind of calm down and spread back out inside. And that is key because who wants to eat dry food? Not me. So those are just gonna rest. And this, this smells so good, I'm like gonna faint here. I wish you could smell it, it's amazing. It smells like Vietnam, minus the diesel fumes. It smells pretty good. All right, so we're gonna let those hang out and rest, and I'm gonna whisk together the dressing. So the dressing for this is so easy. It's some more fish sauce, and lots of lime juice. Vietnamese food uses tons of lime juice, and a little bit of sugar, and minced garlic, and then either dried red pepper flakes, or you could chop up a fresh chili. And you can make it as hot or as not hot as you want it to be and just whisk that all together. Okay, now when you make this dressing, what you want is for it to kind of like sing in harmony. The essence of Southeast Asian cooking is hot, sour, salty, and sweet all together. So we have hot from the chilies, sour from the lime, salty from the fish sauce, and sweet from the sugar. You wanna taste it and make sure that, oh, that's amazing so harmonious. You just want to make sure all those four things are really in balance and really harmonizing. If they're not, tweak it. And if it tastes a little bit too strong, just add a little bit of water and tone it down with water. And also, if anyone's in the kitchen with you, don't taste with your finger like I just did. Okay, so that's our dressing. And then we're going to assemble the salad. Okay, now the base for this salad consists of cooked rice noodles. So this is rice vermicelli noodles. They're just very fine noodles made out of rice. They cook in about a minute. So you just drop them in boiling water, give them about a minute to cook till they're tender. Take them out, rinse them in a little cool water, and that's it. Instant. On top of here, I have shredded lettuce and I have some grated carrot. Very traditional to use lettuce and carrot. You could also add some daikon, and you could use different kinds of lettuce. Doesn't really matter. Okay, I'm just gonna make some space here so I can finish the assembly of my salad that. I have my dressing, my chicken's ready to go, now it's rested, so I'm going to cut it up. And I also have my garnishes. So one of my garnishes is roasted peanuts. Now I bought these peanuts roasted, roasted unsalted, but then what I did is I actually toasted them in a pan a little bit more to get what I call freckles on them. And the freckles are these little dark brown kind of extra roasty spots. And that just kind of pushes the peanuts up like a whole second level of flavor. And it adds like a really nice depth to the flavor of the peanuts. So the peanuts are gonna get chopped. And then we'll also garnish with some cilantro and this, which is Thai basil, which is seriously like one of the best herbs in the world. It's amazing. It has a kind of a stronger, almost more floral basil flavor. But if you can't find it, you can also just use regular basil, just regular Italian or sweet basil. So just rough chop the peanuts. And now the chicken's rested and we're gonna slice the chicken like that. Look at that. It's so juicy and perfectly cooked. It looks amazing. So good. Okay, so I'm gonna slice up all the chicken. 
Okay, so the chicken's all cut up, the peanuts are chopped, we're ready to assemble. So just lay the chicken on top of the salad, like that. Use your hands. That's what they were meant for. That, and the chopped peanuts there. And then I'm just gonna spoon the dressing on. And what I like to do is spoon the dressing over the whole thing and then also serve some on the side so people can add more if they like it. Because I like a lot of this dressing. I love that kind of four-part harmony. That. And then the final touch is to garnish with the herbs. And I always like to just tear my herbs. It leaves them a lot brighter and fresher tasting. And get some of that Thai basil, that most amazing Thai basil. This was, Thai basil was actually grown for me by my brother-in-law in his garden. So it's local. And you can even use some of these little flowers from the Thai basil just as a garnish on top. Okay, so here we go. We're in Vietnam now, and this looks amazing. I am gonna go eat this whole thing right now. I can't even explain how good the smell is of the caramel and the Thai basil. It's like sick how good this is. So this is our caramel marinated grilled Vietnamese chicken salad over rice noodles. And it's perfect for a party, a summer meal. So good, I'm like drooling on my cutting board here right now. So I'm gonna say goodbye because I have to go eat this now. Yes! The authentic recipes for all of our products are signature to La Morena. The chilies are literally hand-picked for each can. Everything is manufactured in Mexico and imported into the U.S. La Morena is best known for its quality and authentic flavor, giving our users a taste of home. Stock up on flavor with La Morena. I am a huge breakfast person. I love breakfast, but I don't like traditionally like American sweet kind of breakfast. No pancakes, no waffles, no cereal for me. I want savory in the morning. I want lots of flavor. I want spice. And so what I want to make now is one of my most favorite breakfast dishes that I've ever had anywhere. And it's something called shakshuka. And it's from Israel, although I think other Middle Eastern countries claim it too. Um, but what it is, is this delicious kind of stew of tomatoes, onions, peppers, and spices that you then plop a couple of eggs on and you bake them. And so you get these eggs kind of coddled in this delicious, spicy, mm, luscious sauce. And then you eat it with a little bit of feta cheese and some bread and it's, it's great. It's an amazing breakfast dish. It's a great brunch dish. You could have it for dinner, you could have it for lunch. I love eggs, I eat eggs all the time and um, you could eat eggs at any meal. So what we're gonna do is start out in a nice big cast iron skillet with some good olive oil, a really nice full body fruity olive oil, which you know I love. And um, I like California olive oils, but olive oil from anywhere is great. We're gonna throw that in, and we're gonna add some sliced up yellow onion to that. So make sure your onions are sliced nice and thin, because you want them to cook evenly, and you want them to caramelize. So if they're cut too thick, they're gonna take too long to cook, and if they're uneven, they're not gonna all caramelize at the same rate. So it's really important with your onions for, to have consistency in your cutting. So we wanna let those onions soften up a little bit, and I'm also gonna throw in some garlic at least one whole, head, one whole clove of garlic, sliced up. You could put in a lot more garlic if you want, a lot less, but if you're eating this for breakfast, think about how much garlic you wanna have in the beginning of the day. If everybody else in your country is eating it for breakfast, it's okay. If you're the only one, 
you may have some social implications. So the onions look good, they're, they're wilted, and they're just taking on the slightest bit of brown, and that's what I want. We're not going for a deep caramelization here, we're just gonna wilt and get a little bit of color on them. So I think we're looking great. And in go our peppers. So now I wanna let those peppers cook for a while too. Same idea, get the water out of them and allow the sugars to develop and to caramelize. We want sweetness. Now, as I was saying earlier, this is an Israeli dish. And you can find this all over Israel. People serve it for breakfast. And it's just, I don't know, to me it's just like the perfect thing to eat for breakfast. It's got some protein from the eggs. You get an early dose of vegetables in your day. It's great. Now once the peppers have gotten kind of soft and they start to wilt and you can, you know, you can really see them sweating and getting um, broken down, we're gonna add some dry spices. So I like to add the dry spices now so that the spices have a minute to kind of toast up in there with the oil and with the onions and the sweetness from the onions and the peppers. It's important that your spices have a chance to kind of cook in there and kind of develop their full potential. You wanna let those little spices live up to, you know, what they're worthy of. So this is a teeny, teeny pinch of cayenne and, you know, more or less totally up to you, but you do want a little bit of heat in there. This is ground cumin. It's about a half teaspoon of ground cumin. And then this is like the miracle spice. This is smoked Spanish pimenton, which is smoked paprika. So the paprika peppers are smoked over wood smoke. And it's, it, it smells so good. It smells like camping. It smells like Spain. It just smells amazing. Now, even though it's Spanish paprika, we use it in this Israeli dish. It's all Mediterranean. They're all neighbors. But it's, it smells so good. I mean, I would like to take a little bit of this and, you know, just like wear it as perfume. Now, you can really see what's happening in here now is that the spices are toasting up and coating the onions and the peppers. And that's a really important step because that's really going to develop the flavor and the fragrance of them. Because the next thing we're going to add is diced tomatoes, canned diced tomatoes. Once those go in, you're adding water again. So this way the spices can toast in a dry environment first. All right, so now I'm gonna add a can of tomatoes, a 28 ounce can of tomatoes with the juice. Gonna get a little splattery. We're gonna stir that in. I'm gonna add a good grinding of black pepper. Freshly ground black pepper. No supermarket ground, please and a good pinch of kosher salt. Remember, it's Israeli, we use kosher salt. Gotta keep it in the tribe. So I'm just gonna let this simmer for like 15, 20 minutes. What I'm looking to do is get rid of that water. Remember, it's all about cooking out the water. So we're gonna let that thicken up and get sweeter and let all the flavors blend and develop. So after about 15 minutes, it's gotten a lot thicker. The water has reduced. So now I'm gonna transfer it to an oven-proof pan. You want something that's sort of shallow that you can get in your oven and that you can cook in. So I'm gonna lift up this big pan and get this into my baking dish. This is why you have to work out when you're a chef. There, like that. Okay, just gonna make a little space here because now, what we're gonna do is crack the eggs right into this. So this is a pretty big pan of this. I would say this would serve four, but I'm just gonna do two eggs. So you just take your eggs and you crack them. So break the egg right into that little hollow 
that you form. So you make like a little hollow for each egg, just like that. So that they stay separate when you're ready to serve, it's easy to get around each egg. Okay, so the eggs are in here. Now this is going to go in the oven. Now if you have a broiler, you can do it under the broiler. It'll cook your eggs really quickly. Or you can just bake the eggs a little bit more gently. It's going to take about 10 to 12 minutes to get the eggs cooked. I like my eggs a little bit runny, so I tend to go on a little bit shorter time, but it's totally up to you. So we're going to pop this in the oven. When it comes out, a little sprinkle of feta, a little cilantro, and we're ready for breakfast. Well, I mean, look at this, right? This looks amazing. I can't even talk because I just want to eat. I gotta go. But anyway, just to recap what we did here, in case you forgot, this is our shakshuka with the two eggs baked on top. I put a little feta on top of there, and I like to just add a little bit of cilantro, nice and bright green, not chopped, just torn up, just how I like it. Our Vietnamese grilled chicken salad, remember we used caramel in the marinade to give it that just ridiculously good flavor over rice noodles with that really great hot, sour, salty, sweet dressing. And to finish things off, our rosemary lemon olive oil cake. So good. It's really rich and moist from all that olive oil. A little rosemary on top, a little flaky salt on top, and our macerated peaches to go with it. So that's today's menu. Thanks a lot for joining us. I'm going to go eat this now because I'm starving, and uh, we'll see you again.